Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to continue with our candidate uh, spotlight series, and we're going to be talking with a young lady who's running for the uh, congressional uh, seat in the 13th Congressional District here in Ohio. But first, I'd like to begin with a word of Scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We're to pray for those who serve us in Washington and in Columbus. And this week, of course, was the opening trial in the U.S. Senate, the impeachment proceedings, of President John Trump. And we're going to go to a clip right now of the swearing-in ceremony of Chief Justice John Roberts by Senator Grassley from Iowa, and then he swears in the U.S. Senators in the beginning of the trial that's being heard in the U.S. Senate this week, only the third time in our uh, republic, over 200 and some odd years as a representative republic, have we had impeachment proceedings. And this is the third time that we've had that. We're going to talk about that just for a minute, but let's go to that clip of the swearing-in of John Roberts, Chief Justice, in the beginning of the impeachment proceedings in the U.S. Senate. Senators, I attend the Senate in conformity with your notice for the purpose of joining with you for the trial of the President of the United States. I am now prepared to take the oath. Will you place your left hand on the Bible and raise your right hand? Do you solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, now pending, you will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and the laws, so help you God. I do. God bless you. Thank you very much. At this time, I will administer the oath to all senators in the chamber in conformance with Article 1, Section 3, Clause 6 of the Constitution and the Senate's impeachment rules. Will all senators now stand or remain standing uh, and raise their right hand? Do you solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, now pending, you will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws? So help you God. The clerk will call the names in groups of four and senators will present themselves at the desk to sign the oath book. Well, that is the swearing-in ceremony that took place at the U.S. Senate uh, earlier this week, and the impeachment uh, proceedings are continuing in the U.S. Senate as both the House managers and the president's defense team, for the first time, is able to uh, counter their charges against the president. Of course, it's not a criminal trial. This is a political uh, trial of an impeachment. And, of course, by uh, all estimations, there will not be, of course, a conviction by the U.S. Senate as the Republicans 
hold the majority in the U.S. Senate, and it takes two-thirds. Our representative republic, the founders of our country, realized uh, the importance of this uh, measure within our U.S. Constitution. It takes two-thirds uh, to actually remove an executive from office. And what's this all about? Well, it's about a phone call that the president had with the president of Ukraine earlier this summer. And, of course, it is really a political attack by the political left in this country, and I think everybody's beginning to understand that. And they're not making a very solid case against the president in this regard, and they actually may be digging themselves a hole politically, uh, and this will have a fallout for them and their party going forward. As we are in the year 2020, it is a presidential election year, and of course there will be congressional districts that will be on your ballot first in the March primary, March 17th. That's Tuesday, March 17th. Ohio is part of Super Tuesday. And then again in November, we will have congressional districts, of course, uh, also state house and state senate, and of course, voting for the president of the United States. But uh, with that, we're going to have a number of candidates come on the program with us, and uh, we're going to have an opportunity to hear from them. We want to say, uh, with a little bit of a disclaimer, that the Ohio Christian Alliance does not endorse political parties or candidates, but these candidate forums and interviews are provided for by educational purposes only. And with that, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce to you uh, former state representative Christina Hagan, who is currently running for Congress on the Republican ticket in the March primary in the 13th Congressional District, currently held by Tim Ryan, Democrat congressman uh, from the Youngstown area. Christina, welcome to the program. Hi, Chris. It's such a pleasure to be on today. Thank you. Well, you served uh, for four terms, nearly eight years in the Ohio House, and of course, most people understand and recognize you, of course, as the voice, a pro-life voice, for the heartbeat bill, as you were one of the early sponsors of the heartbeat bill in the Ohio House of Representatives, and uh, for those years, you were championing the cause for life and moving that legislation forward right after you left office, as you were termed out, uh, the next uh, governor did sign it, that was Mike DeWine, Early in his term, it passed quickly both chambers, the Ohio Senate and the Ohio House, and was signed by Governor DeWine. Your thoughts on the passage, finally, of the heartbeat bill? Chris, honestly, it's just an honor to have had the opportunity to stand the gap for the unborn, for their mothers, and for their families alike. And to have the privilege to be a voice for the voiceless for so many years was one of the greatest legislative accomplishments that I could speak to. And as I look back, on my short legislative career of four terms in the state legislature, you, know, you realize we can do a lot of things, we can impact a lot of policies, but there's no question that every minute that was put in on behalf of Beating Hearts, that it was worth that fight, worth the debate. And I even spoke to a small Christian school today of 25 students in Alliance and spent the entire time talking about the legislative impact and Roe v. Wade and the Ohio Heartbeat Bill, what it all means when we elect and send representatives to serve. So I was blessed to be in the thick of the fight for nearly a decade and leading, and it was just such a pleasure to see the Heartbeat Bill sign the law. Um, and even, even more interesting and notable, it was signed into law on my father's birthday, so I felt like that was a special gift to be able to give to my dad. Well, that's wonderful. And, of course, you're going to be at the March for Life, the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C., uh, this coming Friday as nearly a half a million people 
are uh, projected to be there marching down Pennsylvania Avenue. One of them, a newcomer, is Franklin Graham. He posted up today on social media that he will do something he's never done before. Him and his daughter will be walking the march route from the Washington Monument up to the Supreme Court, and he's going to join with pro-lifers uh, in the annual March for Life. Your thoughts? It's just it's awesome to see so many good people, so many amazing leaders in the Christian community and elsewhere that are coming to the line for the unborn. Um, we undoubtedly have witnessed mass genocide over the last several decades. And just as people like the Grams coming to the march is such a powerful thing, the fact that our president has previously attended the march is just it speaks volumes to the change that is in the air and the fact that we are going to be the generation that not only overturns Roe v. Wade, but we're going to make it unthinkable to allow for the killing of innocence to continue in this country. And it's just, it's wonderful to be a part of it. Well, last year, of course, uh, the March for Life made national news, not because of all the tens of thousands of young people that came from across the country to join for March for Life, as they do every year. But unfortunately, it was a counter-protest against the Covington Catholic High School students. Uh, they were from Covington, Kentucky, a community right across the river in Cincinnati. And they became the target, really, of a hate campaign as they were simply just waiting for the bus. And uh, this uh, radical group, the Black Hebrew Nationals, began to hurl insults at them. And then this other uh, gentleman began to beat a drum in the, the one uh, young man's face, of course, uh, as we've come to know is Nick Sandman, and uh, it became a viral event on the internet as um, uh, left-wingers and, and pro-aborts were ridiculing these young people from Covington, Kentucky, and of course there's been a lot of fallout from that. Your thoughts on that as we're one year uh, after the uh, event uh, there with uh, the Covington Catholic High School students? Well, to be frank, I'm thankful that there has been sense justice served and that they have won some lawsuits on behalf of those students who were harassed um, and just plagued by the media. I mean, what we witnessed in the aftermath of young students standing up for the right to life in our country, having the right to their religious freedom, having the right to be witness and part of the greatest march on earth, where, you know, an unparalleled volume of people, of Americans, come together to stand for something. That that's what the media could take away from it is it is symbolic of why people do not trust the media. It is symbolic of why you know we need to keep standing for what we believe in, and it does come at a cost. You know, the spiritual warfare will continue to rage as we stand in the gap for what is right and what is good and what is honorable to God. Um, but quite honestly, I'm proud of these young men. I'm proud of that gentleman in particular, Nick, for having the courage to remain calm in the heat of really what I think is spiritual battle and direct confrontation by the enemy. They had a desire to tear him down, to ruin his name, and to harm him for being a part of a pro-life march. And he stood strong, and I think that, you know, he is due every cent that came his way for what they've done to his reputation and to his name. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all going to be under attack by the enemy, and we'll answer to God, and I think that he'll be smiling when he talks to God someday. Well, that's right. In the world you shall have persecution, but Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And as we stand for the unborn, we stand for the innocent, and all the folks that are coming from across the country to stand 
in, in the gap for the unborn. Uh, this is what's advancing pro-life legislation, not only in Washington, but in state capitals across the country. And we do see a number of state legislatures moving forward with restrictions on abortion and advancing the pro-life cause. And in fact, the heartbeat bill itself has been adopted by other states. Uh, we even got a report that internationally now there are international bodies that are considering the heartbeat bill. So this has been a successful pro-life campaign. I know Dr. Wilkie endorsed this, of course. He passed away a few years ago. When it first was introduced, he was at a rally at the Ohio State House in support of the heartbeat bill. We still believe that, indeed, life begins at conception. But the heartbeat bill was a way in which we could resonate the life issue and the life cause with the majority of Ohioans and Americans. Your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, it's an honor to be there when John Wilkie stood and supported and was, quite honestly, alongside Janet Porter, one of the main architects and designers of the heartbeat bill. You know, it was because of that consensus and understanding of what it would take that we are where we are today. And just the fact that we can attribute this to John Wilkie, the national founder of the National Right to Life, um, it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. And we should continue to advocate for the things that take us closer and closer to eliminating abortion as a whole. And as you mentioned, you know, it is at the point of conception that a unique child is a unique egg, and we have to strive to protect every baby. Well, as we look at this, uh, Christina, and you're running for Congress in the 13th Congressional District, you will have a primary. It is on March 17th. You're running on the Republican uh, uh, side of the ticket. And so um, I want to ask you a couple questions because, of course, what we're seeing in Washington is historic in this sense. There's only been three impeachment trials in the U.S. history in our republic. Um, the uh, uh, Congressman uh, Ryan actually voted for impeachment in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, his district has a lot of uh, supporters of the president in it. And uh, what are your thoughts about the impeachment proceeding? Well, my thoughts are simple, but it is a sober moment in history that we would have the great economic success. The jobs are turning to this country that we've seen offshore for years. And we would have all the wonderful things happening, and the focus could continually be of character assassination of one of the greatest presidents we will ever see in this country. And to think that a sitting congressman from Northeast Ohio who has carried, you know, less than a handful of bills over his nearly 20 years in Congress has become so deaf to the desires and the needs of his district that he would try to impeach the very president that is restoring an economic boom to this country while our district is thriving or is existing for jobs, it, it's insulting. It's insulting to me as a working-class mother. It's insulting to nearly everyone that I meet. And unfortunately, I think this is just more of the same of the hyper-partisan politics that have led this district in not having the prosperous jobs and opportunities that it deserves. And it's about time that we sent a fighter, somebody who understands the working and middle class. Um, I can tell you what working and middle class people are doing today. They're not staring at the TV screen of an impeachment process. They're going to work. They're trying to put food on the table for their family, and they're taking care of business. And it would be nice. It would be nice if the Democrat-led Congress would recognize what matters to Americans instead of continually waging a political war on what will be recognized as the greatest president in the history of this country. And so I just, 
you know, I, I'm embarrassed for this lack of leadership in this moment in time. Um, but I'm also thankful for the opportunity for people to see who they are and the games that they're playing. For the president that we sent to do the job that he has more than done, he has done in excess, he has exceeded nearly everything that he said he would deliver on the campaign trail. And this is what the Democrats are focusing on. So it's, it's heartbreaking because I know and believe there are many, many Democrats and independents who do not believe in these shenanigans. But they do believe, they do believe in justice, and they do believe in opportunity. And I believe all of those things will be evident and clear to us in a short window of time. You come from a, uh, a family that uh, is blue-collar. Uh, in fact, your, your uh, family is involved with the trades. When you were in the state legislature, you actually were introducing a bill to support the trades in high schools so that our young people could have uh, more of a future when it comes to uh, plumbing, electrical, carpentry, uh, other trades in which they're in high demand right now in Ohio. And we have a lot of retirements and we have need of young people going into the trades. What are your thoughts about that and what would you bring to Congress with you uh, with that background? Yeah, my thoughts on that are very simple, very straightforward, and that is that we need to restore respect in a lot of areas in this country. Um, one, the responders, but also to the working middle class. Um, I came from a family where we were raised in the apartment above our small business. Uh, my mom and dad built our business up from the small, you know, handful of um, handful of clients that my grandfather had, and we've gone out and served the community for over 60 years, and that's through heating and plumbing, electrical work, HVAC. My husband does all of that. You know, we both studied at Malone together. We're the first in our in our families to get a college degree, but my husband goes out and works in the trades every single day alongside my brothers, alongside my father. I, myself, have been an apprentice as well through our family's company, so I can run the book. But I also understand what it means to be out and be the labor. And I just think there's so much opportunity if we just restore respect for the things that have always made this country great and the areas where jobs will always provide. And it's, I mean, quite honestly, it's exciting for me because I think we're seeing a pretty significant revolution of thought and the recognition that may be driving generations of students and people, Americans, into debt was the wrong answer, that we should be seeking to serve all people with all opportunities, with choices about their future, and to limit the debt. I mean, obviously, the debt is not only hindering our national economic standards, but the debt hinders people's personal finances, and these are both things we have to combat. We're talking with former State Representative Christina Hagan. She is a candidate for the 13th Congressional District, and uh, that is, is a district that runs from uh, Summit County over to Mahoning County uh, through Portage County. The uh, primary will be March 17th, and Ohio is part of Super Tuesday. And so it's moved back. That's actually St. Patrick's Day, uh, but that's part of Super Tuesday. Christina, what is another uh, compelling uh, issue that's causing you to run for Congress? Well, to be frank, I was completely content raising my children and caring for my husband and working in the Christian nonprofit ministry I've been serving in because I'm already going directly into the heart of abortion mining communities and getting to help save babies and save women through the gospel of Jesus Christ and through showing women the ultrasound of their children. So I felt very content that I was completing all the things that God has called me to. Um, until I realized that we have an opportunity here 
to change this district to be a reflection of the working class people that I have grown up with my entire life, that I live with, the same people that I share Thanksgiving with. And I think if we pass an opportunity where this congressman has not only ran for Speaker of the House, but he's also ran for President of the United States, but he has not applied for the job to be your congressman. He's been running for everything else but being our representative and our fighter in Congress. I just look at it as an opportunity to be a representative. And I know I was born to help advocate for marginalized Ohioans. I did that in the state legislature, and I just look at the opportunity to help us not only grow jobs and found jobs, but to protect middle-class American working jobs and just to restore our community. This is my community. I've lived here my entire life. As I'm raising these children, what I want for them more than anything is to have a solid relationship built on a foundation that they are known and loved by their creator and God and to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But then second, I want them to have every opportunity in the world to have what I have and be able to build their life and their family right here in Northeast Ohio. And in order to do that, we have to restore the economic powerhouse that we once were. We need to take the Rust Valley and turn it back into the Steel Valley that it once was and restore these jobs that make our corner of the state a powerhouse. Again, Christina, thank you for joining us today on our candidate spotlight. Again, Christina Hagan, who's running for Congress in the 13th Congressional District primary as a Republican. The primary is Tuesday, March 17th. That Ohio will be part of Super Tuesday. You can visit her at her website. That's Hagan2020.com. Again, that's Hagan2020.com. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. God bless. You too, Chris. Thanks. Well, those of you, of course, uh, who are listening to the program, we encourage you to visit our website. That's ohioca.org. Again, that's the Ohio Christian Alliance website. Just Google that. We'll have information about candidates. We'll have, of course, uh, the information for voter registration before the primary deadline. And, of course, uh, we'll have some educational materials there, voter guides, for the upcoming primary. But we'll have a full voter guide for, of course, the uh, November election. And so you want to make sure that you put that in your quick links, the Ohio Christian Alliance website. So when you want to research about candidates, where they stand on the issues, where they stand on pro-life, pro-family, conservative issues, You'll want to look up the Ohio Christian Alliance Educational Voter Guide. We do uh, print a voter guide, make it available for churches. That will be for the fall campaign. Uh, there will be a limited print version for some primary uh, races across the state uh, coming up on the March 17th uh, primary. And, of course, uh, we have other information there on issues that we're tackling in Columbus and in Washington, D.C. as we advance the cause of life and also stand for pro-life, pro-family, religious liberty causes. Again, the website is ohioca.org. You can also make a contribution, and we encourage you to do so. To support this program of News and Focus, go to our website, ohioca.org, and make a contribution today. Thank you for your support of News and Focus. Stay tuned. On the other side, we'll be hearing from Mark Harrington of Created Equal and a report about this year's March for Life. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Hi, this is David Barton of Wall Builders. On Veterans Day, November 11, we salute all of our brave Ohio veterans and active duty military. Since 1776, our veterans have fought to keep America free and to liberate millions around the world from oppression, and they still do that today. But today, we see many Americans who refuse to honor our flag, who disrespect our founders, and they even want to remove Christian crosses from military cemeteries. To keep America free, we need to elect political leaders who share our patriotic values. To do that, veterans and their families and people of faith must be registered to vote. It's our duty to protect our God-given freedoms that our veterans bravely fought for. It's easy. Just go to MyOhioVote.com to register to vote. That's MyOhioVote.com. God bless you, and God bless America. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt committee. Please visit our website at www.oneundergod.us. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about today's pro-life movement and we're going to be talking about the upcoming March for Life in Washington, D.C., the annual March for Life. And uh, as tens of thousands will be coming to our nation's capital and will be walking down Pennsylvania Avenue up towards the Supreme Court and the U.S. Capitol building and marching for life. Uh, with me on the phone is our good friend. Uh, he is the uh, director of Created Equal, a pro-life advocacy organization that works the streets uh, in front of abortion clinics and college universities, telling the story of abortion, what it actually is, with imagery of very graphic photos. And uh, he has himself a youth movement of the young people that go and engage with people in their own age bracket on the issue of abortion changing the hearts and minds of young people one decision at a time for life. We're going to be talking about the March for Life, but we're also going to give you an update of what happened at the March for Life last year. And many of you remember the Covington Catholic High School kids from Covington, Kentucky. And as they were waiting for the bus on the Lincoln Memorial steps after the march, 
they were uh, confronted by a radical uh, group, the Black Hebrew Nationals, and also uh, other protesters, uh, counter-protesters of the uh, pro-life march, confronted the students from Covington Catholic High School, and then a firestorm broke out, as indeed uh, the uh, media basically sided with the counter-protesters making and putting the kids in a very bad light. Uh, we're going to go to a Fox News clip of, um, a, well, actually, let's uh, go to the press conference that we held in Cincinnati in the aftermath of that because the school and the students received a lot of hate threats that came in from across the country because of what the media did. Well, then we're going to find out what happened with the lawsuit. Let's go to that clip of that press conference last year in January. Good morning. My name is Chris Long. I'm the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance and also Christian Alliance of America. And today we are here in Cincinnati to stand in defense and support of the Covington Catholic High School students who have become the target of a hate campaign since their attendance at the March for Life uh, just a week ago. We are here today because we are standing with the students uh, in the face of this uh, torrent of a hate campaign against them and their school. The serious threats that were levied against the students and their school has caused the school to close. It's called athletic programs to be suspended. Uh, we understand just by a report that one family had to leave their home because they were doxxed. There were crimes that were committed against these young people who were simply at the March for Life to participate in a civic uh, practice of the March for Life. They were waiting for the bus at the Lincoln Memorial and then began to have this hate campaign levied against them. Let's understand something. These are minors. These are youth. And uh, this is really ridiculous when we're talking about what has become of this situation. And as Christians and their civil liberties are under assault. So we are today calling for the FBI and the Justice Department to investigate the very serious threats that were levied against the students and the Christian school. And so today with me is Meg Whitman of Cincinnati Right to Life, also Mark Harrington of Created Equal, a number of pro-life, pro-family groups and uh, religious advocacy organizations have signed on to this letter that today was received by the Justice Department in Washington, D.C., the field office here in Cincinnati, and also the field office in Kentucky. And we're going to meet with FBI officials a little later this morning to discuss the details of these threats and how they plan on pursuing the investigation. I'm going to turn it over to Mark Harrington. And that uh, was our press conference last year at Fountain Square in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're going to talk to you about what happened in response to our appeal to the FBI and the local prosecutor's office in Covington, Kentucky. We got an update from him today, Mr. Rob Sanders, the prosecutor of Covington, Kentucky. Uh, but also there was breaking news as a lawsuit was settled out of court. Uh, CNN settled out uh, with uh, Nick Salmon's family. Uh, we are not disclosed the amount of money, but it, we believe it's significant, but let's remember the kind of threats that came in against these kids. Here's a uh, Disney executive on his Twitter account says, mega hat uh, kids go screaming head first into the wood shepherd. Others uh, on Twitter calling for the school to be burnt down with the kids in it. I can't even read to you some of the heinous things that were said against the Christian school and the Christian students at that time. Uh, and all of this because the media basically fomented the hatred towards these students. Let's now go to a Fox News report of the breaking news uh, that occurred this last week concerning the lawsuit uh, by Nick Salmon's family. 
Like Covington High School student Nick Sandman has scored a legal win after being smeared by the media. CNN has settled a $250 million defamation suit Sandman filed. It's over a confrontation with the Native American man that made the teenager look like the aggressor. Here, a look back at just some of the media coverage. Some students harassing an older Native American man, a Vietnam vet, in the midst of a special ceremony. It does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet. This face-to-face -face confrontation igniting charges of racism. The kid, Nick Sandman, he doesn't seem to be afraid, but he did make a choice, and that was to make it into a standoff. That was not a good choice. And that was some of the media coverage, and it even gets worse than in the print media, basically ridiculing the students who were basically waiting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, uh, taking photographs and waiting for the bus to arrive to go back home to Covington, Kentucky, after the March for Life. And the Black Hebrew National Group that was hurling insults and racial slurs towards the kids... Uh, we, we know more about the Black Hebrew National Group, don't we? Because they've been involved in terroristic uh, acts uh, since then. So uh, there's been a lesson learned here all the way around. And if you look at CNN, this time it's going to hit their pocketbook. And uh, the attorneys for Nick Sam and his family aren't done. Here to talk more about it in the upcoming March for Life and the pro-life movement today is Mark Harrington, president of Created Equal. Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Chris. Well, thank you, my friend, and, uh, you know, it, I am proud to be partnered with you in the cause for life all these many years, and, uh, of course, the work that you and the group have done to turn the hearts and minds of young people one decision at a time and on your videos to see literally the visible change in people's, uh, first of all, arguing with you, but then seeing the pictures and then realizing their hearts melting, realizing what's actually happening in the murder of the innocent in the womb. Your thoughts? Well, that's right, uh, Chris. You know, we're returning back to uh, Washington. Actually, on Saturday, <clears throat> there will be another women's march, which is really just an anti-Trump march. And if you recall last year, the March for Life uh, was happening uh, at the same time the women's march was happening, and we were protesting the women's march and if you think the treatment of uh, of uh, Nick Sandman was bad, <laughs> you should have seen how our people were treated at the Women's March. Of course, that's politically incorrect. That video isn't going to make it up on CNN. But CNN, you know, had an axe to grind against Trump. And it's good to see that uh, justice is being served here. And Nick Sandman and his family are going to get some kind of compensation for what they've been put through. That's right. And our press conference actually had bearing down there in Fountain Square in Cincinnati, uh, right across the river from Covington, Kentucky, a week after uh, all of the um, foment on the media. And we were advocating uh, to the um, FBI, the Justice Department and local law enforcement to investigate the very serious threats that came into the school. And as we talked about, the school had had to close down. There was uh, security issues. They had bomb threats. And so uh, what we've learned from our action of appealing to the FBI and to uh, law enforcement, it did cause the threats against the school to literally fall off and literally uh, come to kneel. Uh, in fact, what I, I received a report today from Mr. Rob Sanderson said, 
after that media report and the prosecution, threat of prosecution, the threats really diminished against the students, against the school. And I know that that was our intent. Our intent was to put a buffer between us and them, that these young Christian students shouldn't be facing this kind of hatred. We can't tolerate that in this country. We're not going to tolerate anti-Semitism, and we're gonna, not going to tolerate uh, anti-Christian bigotry uh, towards uh, Christians in this country, and so and pro-lifers, and that's what we were doing. And I want to thank you for standing with me, along with Meg Whitman, uh, Director of Cincinnati Right to Life. And at the time, we didn't know what kind of impact we were having. We did receive a letter back from the Justice Department. I want to thank all the various organizations that signed the letter with us, not just here in Ohio, but also nationally, that signed the letter to the Justice Department, and uh, it had an impact. And uh, the, I'll give you an update of what uh, Rob Sanders, the county prosecutor, said of pursuing some of the cases, but your thoughts along those lines. Well, the wheel, wheels of justice turn slowly, uh, but they do turn, and we still are a nation of laws, and thank God that uh, Nick Sandman's gotten justice. You know, it reminds me of Greta Thornburg. Of course, we all remember her coming on the national scene or international scene in her advocacy against so-called climate change. In fact, she got the front cover of Time magazine. That's how they treated her. Uh, and when anyone would dare to criticize her publicly, these same people, CNN, all the other fake news outlets, would say, well, she's off limits. You, you can't criticize a young person uh, publicly. Uh, and you, here's the thing. You just, you just can't have it both ways. <laughs> you know, I think children, young people should be given deference. I don't think we should... Uh, treat them as we might treat an adult when it comes to political positions. That's that right. That's right. It's true. But let's be let's be fair about it. Uh, Greta Thunberg was given you know a platform, and no one was uh, allowed to criticize her. And just think about the Trump children. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. Think about Aaron and the way he's been treated. It's just we understand that there's a double standard. We get that. We understand that's how the game is played. But it's nice to see. That every once in a while, uh, you know, justice is served, and uh, these fake news outlets like CNN and the others that rush to judgment because they had a preordained narrative are getting their due. Uh, and this hopefully will lead them to be a little more cautious next time they rush to judgment and, and running a story that had no merit. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, we run to the defense of the advocate and, uh, you know, for the defenseless. And in this, this instance, it was a group of high school students. And we're so glad that the school was able to get back to normal life. And uh, we wrote a letter to the principal and to the uh, school officials to that effect, that we hope that... Uh, things would return to normal, and thankfully they did. And I do believe that our press conference and calling in the Justice Department, the FBI, and others to investigate did put a chill in the air of those who were so brazen who thought that they could hurl these kinds of really dangerous rhetoric against these Christian students. You know, evil only prevails when good men do nothing. And I'm so proud to have stood with you and with Meg, and of course it was a very cold day, if you remember that. We, we were. It was great to see the media that was just absolutely frozen okay <laughs> yeah i do remember that well it was well worth the time chris and i'm glad to see it happening i'm glad to see that they haven't even stopped that they've gotten now cnn's going to settle out of court 
But they're not done. I mean, they're going after the Washington Post and anyone else that slandered this young man, and I hope they they win those lawsuits as well. Amen. Amen to that. And, you know, so that's why we do what we do. Obviously, you know, we're not part of that uh, lawsuit and all that. We're not going to, you know, uh, be see any financial uh, compensation whatsoever. Our purpose is about the principle uh, of what we do. And you and uh, your advocacy for the unborn, what we do as a Christian organization, assisting pro-life organizations and advocating for uh, Christian and religious liberty, that's what we do. And uh, the Lord provides, you know, through the small donations that come in, uh, you know, and the donations that come in from people from across the state and region, and that's how we uh, keep it going. And so, uh, folks, once you support the pro-life cause, uh, send a check to Created Equal and what they're doing. Uh, support the Ohio Christian Alliance and what we're doing. And we have a big election year that's upon us. And so, uh, you know, really, the $10, the $20 that you send in, that's how we keep it going. And uh, we we uh, really uh, appreciate uh, those dollars you know we you know those uh, small gifts that come in shows that someone cares uh, they're thinking about us and uh, they're saying hey uh, keep going keep keep doing the work and it's it's a way of encouragement so uh, thank you for doing that uh, we'll give you an opportunity to that Chris here's the thing you and I sat back and, and were dumbfounded that the March for life took almost three weeks to come to the side of Nick salmon yes. I love the March for Life. I know the leadership there. But they didn't stand with Nick, uh, even though everyone knew the truth about this story. But you did. You did. And that's what matters. People that are willing to put their name, their reputation, their organization on the line to defend free speech and defend children and their rights to, to speak. And so... Uh, I appreciate what you guys did. I was happy to stand with you, and I hope the March for Life learned their lesson. They need to defend the people that come to the march. They mm. need to defend the young people, which, by the way, by the way, there are hundreds of thousands of them that come every single year to Washington. They need to stand behind them, or they won't have a march much longer if they don't. Well, that's right, and that's what our concern was. So one of the things that you've reported on this program over the last few years is the youth movement in the pro-life movement, that there's optimism about the future. I mean, uh, the, negati- you know, the negative factor is they're still killing children in the state of Ohio, folks. Abortion is still taking place in this state. Children will die today from abortion. And uh, it's a very real, you know, we call them ab- abortuaries because no one comes out alive that goes in in the womb. And, uh, you know, that's why we need to shine a light on this great evil of our age, uh, that every child be wanted, uh, that we become a pro-life culture again. How do we turn that around? Well, uh, we do that by educating young people, and that's what the March for Life is. It's a way to bring tens of thousands of young people. And, Mark, I remember you sharing a few years ago that, you know, some of the older liberals were looking at the buses and all these young people pouring off these buses from all over the country. And they said, look how young they are. And they knew that that was a youth movement in the pro-life cause. And so, you know, the left took notice of that. So what did they do? They fabricate this whole thing about global warming or climate change and the world is coming to an end. And they put this this fear and this dread in these in these kids' minds that the, the planet is going to come to an end. You know, it was George Carlin. We don't endorse, obviously, his profanity and the things he would say he's passed on now. But he was talking about, are you kidding me? 
you know, this old uh, planet has been around a lot longer and it will outlast all of us. And, you know, so just logic is, is that, you know, that's ridiculous. And yet they've got these kids scared out of their wits. And in 12 years time, we're all going to come to it's all going to come to an end. And uh, that's how they try to captivate the young people. We've been trying to captivate the people about, you know, family, life, marriage, um, you know, rearing children and having children is such a blessing. It's a, it's a gift of God. It's to be cherished, and life in the womb is to be cherished. And we're we're communicating that message to these young people so that they will value life, and literally pass laws that will ban abortion. And so, you know, we look at what's happening with the court is uh, trending towards life. The Supreme Court. We may even see the end of Roe v. Wade in our lifetime, but unfortunately, we're not going to see the end of abortion. Why? Because we see uh, states like New York that are actually doubling and tripling down uh, abortion legal up to the ninth month, even to the time uh, when, uh, you know, infanticide. And in Virginia, with a governor there, but in Ohio, we have a governor who signed the, the heartbeat bill. We have a legis- piece of legislation that will ban uh, abortion uh, once uh, there's conception, there, you know, the total ban on abortion. And so when Roe v. Wade does come down, there will be pro-life states like Ohio and Kentucky and Mississippi. But unfortunately, there's going to be states like New York and California that will allow for abortion up to the ninth month. Your thoughts? Well, you're right. Uh, the Harvey bill passed uh, last year, and that was historic. We, we, you and I stood with uh, Janet Porter and Faith to Action for nine years to get that done. And it has set off a cascading uh, action across America. Now there are seven states that have passed it. There are a dozen that are considering it. I just got a note from Janet today that the Japan is thinking heartbeat. Uh, this is the, the instrument aimed at the heart of Roe v. Wade. Wow. Uh, the pro-abortion movement knows it. We know it. And uh, we were right there at the beginning, you and I, Chris, and we've seen it come to pass here in Ohio. And we're, we're looking forward to what God's going to be doing with that measure across America and, for that matter, across the world. Amen. You know, as Dr. Wilkie, before he passed, I remember having that conversation with him on that Sunday afternoon, and I said, well, doctor, you've been traveling the, the world uh, internationally, talking about that all human life is sacred, including nascent human life, that life begins at conception. He said, absolutely. I'm not trading that position. But he said the heartbeat bill, the heartbeat uh, uh, narrative is captured captured the hearts and minds of the nation and we need to press forward with that that this is something that has people's attention that you hear that that uh pulse you hear the heartbeat when the uh the sonogram and so you know and it's right mark this has actually been a great mobilizer in the pro-life community and we've been able to uh marshal the pro-life cause with the heartbeat bill it's been a success no doubt about it, and uh, other states like Michigan and others are are uh, poised to pass this. So we're excited. We're uh, things are moving in Washington. Uh, it's a big year, 2020. Uh, but uh, you know, you got to remember that the other side is mobilizing as well. They know what is at stake. Roe versus Wade hangs in the balance, and this election is like none other in my lifetime. Uh, we need a pro-life president to to uh, change the makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court so they could reverse Roe versus Wade, and that's what we've been working for now for decades, and it's within reach. Tell us the website how folks can look up Created Equal and all that you'll be doing this year. 
Uh, they can simply go to createdequal.org. That's createdequal.org. If you have a young person who wants to travel uh, to uh, the south during spring break, we have what we call the Justice Ride, where we take them on the road and train them, take them out to college campuses. It's a great opportunity for them to to test the waters when it comes to pro-life activism and you know, the other side is captivating the youth using this whole climate change narrative, which is a, which is false. But it just shows that young people are looking for a cause, Chris. They want something they can do that's beyond them their, themselves. And we've got to provide that. And what better way to do that than to defend preborn babies? Uh, our movement's a sacrificial movement. We're not out to gain anything or any rights for ourselves. We're advocating for people we'll never meet. And that makes it that much harder, but that makes it that much more uh, valuable and, and gives us even more purpose and, and really brings to mind the, the Lord's words who said, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. This is our preborn neighbor. We're never going to meet him, probably, uh, but we need to defend him. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. And in this country, we have an opportunity to vote for public officials who take a position for life. And we're in election year, and folks, you need to be paying attention as to where these people stand on the life issue. And uh, President Trump has been resolute that he's pro-life. He has appointed pro-life justices to the bench. He has uh, moved to defund Planned Parenthood. Uh, He has advanced the uh, pro-life cause. And so we need to think about uh, all the way down the line, state reps, state uh, House, uh, state Senate, and congressional members, where do they stand on the life issue? And if they don't stand for life, they don't deserve your support. And, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for joining the program today, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down there at March for Life on January 24th. That's the Friday. Is that right? That's right. The 24th in Washington. We'll see you there. We'll be on the March route. Uh, Look for us at Constitution and Pennsylvania Avenue. Thank you, my friend. God bless you, and thanks for joining the program today. Thank you. Well, stay with us on the other side. We're going to be talking to our good friend Molly Smith, the director of Cleveland Right to Life. We're going to be talking about the March for Life and also bring America Back to Life conference right here in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go away. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.